Good evening, everyone. How are you tonight? We're so glad that you're here with us at the North Georgia Revival. Let's all stand together tonight. The one thing we like to do at the beginning of every service is read God's Word. So grab your Bibles and welcome Pastor Gabe Trevino as he comes to read the Word tonight. Good evening, everyone. You guys ready for week 99? Come on, y'all. Week 99. Who's excited about what the Lord is going to do in the house tonight? 99 weeks of the presence of God manifesting, moving, changing lives, transforming lives. You guys have seen marriages, people, all kinds of amazing things happen in 99 weeks. And tonight, I truly believe with all of my heart that it's about to go to a new level. Amen? Are y'all, come, are we, Pat, where are we at, Pat? We are at the North Georgia Revival at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia. Amen, amen. I want to take a moment just to welcome everyone that's watching by Facebook. Thank you for being with us. If you're watching from the, uh, the ISN network, we want to say thank you for joining us. And we're praying and believing that God is going to move in a powerful way. And tonight I want to start with a scripture. And as I was getting ready, I was thinking about all that God has done in the last 99 weeks here. And a little over a year ago, my wife and I came here for the first time, sat right over here, and experienced the presence of God in this house. And I can tell you that it literally transformed every part of our marriage, every part of our family, every part of our ministry. It, it, it positioned us and, 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 and put us in a place to commit to what God wanted to do in our life. And tonight we're here with pastors and, 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 and all of you excited about this new decade that we're about to walk into. Who's ready for 2020? Come on, church. Who's ready for 2020? Who's ready to see the power of God move in a powerful, powerful, massive way like never before? I was thinking about the last time the church saw something like this, this, like this, happen in through the scriptures, and I couldn't help this afternoon but go through Acts chapter 2. the birth of the church because I truly believe that we're seeing it once again in the house amen I truly believe that we're seeing it all over the world I truly believe that we're seeing it in churches all over this country the Bible tells us that in Acts chapter 2 that when the people came together in one accord they were in one place all together in unity there's something about when the people of God come in unity that God can't help but move in the house and tonight, I, I believe that's going to happen in this place. I, I'm ready to hear Pastor Don preach the word. I'm ready to see people get in that water. I'm ready for the worship. But I'm grateful for his word to remind us that when you and I come together in one accord, in unity, that nothing, everybody say nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing can stop the power of God from moving forward. Nothing can stop the power of God from moving forward. I got to read this. I got to read this. I got to get off here. I'm excited. I'm excited. I am literally shaking. That's how excited I am tonight to be in the house of God. I love this. As we get ready to go into 2020, I want you to hear this. Psalms 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Watch this. And he 
tonight, whatever's happening right, right before you got into this driveway in this parking lot, whatever the situation was right now, would you just put your trust in him? Would you put your trust in him tonight and say, God, I need you to act in my life tonight. I need you to act in my marriage tonight. I need you to move in my family tonight. I need you to move in this house tonight. I need you to move in my body tonight. I need you to move in my job tomorrow. I need you to move. I need my. I need you to bring my kids back home. I need you to move, God. If you trust him tonight, I promise you, he will act in the house tonight. Amen. Father, this, this evening we give you the rest of this service. Have your way in your house. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. Have your way. Act now. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, amen. And amen. Come on, give a praise. Give a praise tonight. Great. 
social media is just like overrun with all these people that are like, see ya 2019, it's been a terrible year, I can't wait for 2020. And you know, I think every year they say the same thing. And I'm like, at some point, we have to say thank you, Jesus, for 2019. We have to say thank you, Jesus, that you were standing with us in the fire of 2019. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't leave us in the waters of 2019. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're in the battle that's going to be here in 2020, the fire that's coming in 2020, the joy that's coming in 2020. One thing he promises is that he never leaves us, never forsakes us. Come on.
to 
some of us tonight, you're waiting on God to prove himself to you one more time. 
Lord, if you'll do this, if you'll do that, if you'll do this, if you'll do that. Oh, the greatest miracle in your life tonight is that you're in his presence right now. Oh, he had to move heaven and hell to get you here. He had to, he had to rearrange some schedules to get you here, but you're here tonight. There's no man that can help you. There's no church that can help you, but Jesus, oh, he is so good. And in just one moment, he can fix you. In one moment, he can deliver you. In one moment, he can heal you. In one moment, he can save your marriage. In one moment. So let's sing that, that chorus right there again, Christian. Come on, sing it to the Lord. Welcome to week number 99 of the North Georgia Revival. We feel his presence in here. I was telling the team before we came out tonight that I don't know how in the world the Lord is going to top last Sunday night. There was such an incredible, tangible presence of God in the building. The fire was on the water. I mean, Jesus was touching people in dramatic ways. But I believe that there is such a presence here tonight. There is such an anointing of the Holy Spirit that he is kissing this service even at this moment and I just cannot wait to hear the Word of God I cannot wait to the open up the altars so people can be ministered to but also opening up the baptismal pools we have baptized this year alone 9,000 
925, uh, excuse me, 8,925 people. 8,925 people in these baptismal pools in this year alone. I believe tonight that there are many of us that will encounter the water. If you're here for the very first time, lift your hand. Lift your hand if you're here for the very first time. Oh my goodness. Welcome to Dawsonville, Georgia. Before you go back to your seat, greet about five or six people. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight. Love on one another. Welcome them to the house of the Lord. Welcome to the North Georgia Revival, week number 99. for being with us here at the North Georgia Revival on the last Sunday night of the year. Can you think of a better place to be? I can't think of a better place to be. Seeing the year 2019 go out uh, with a bang. And I agree with Christian. You know, a lot of times she hit it, she hit it on the head. People say, man, I'm glad last year's gone. 2019 was great. We're still here. Amen. We're still here. The Lord gave us victory after victory after victory. And like she said, he stood with us. We're still here. 2020 is going to be incredible. So we already give him the glory and the praise for that. Just a couple of announcements before uh, Pastor Todd comes and then Pastor Don and we continue in the service. Go by the book table tonight if you have not already. All three of Pastor Todd's books are there. You will want to pick these up. Start your year off. Uh, in a good direction, in a good way. All three of his books are there. He sent him. He sat down. And then his newest one, Speaking in Tongues. Now, if you've not bought this book, this is the one you need to get your hands on. This is a tool that will explain the gift of the prayer language. Guys, you don't realize the power of the prayer language. Is it for everybody? Absolutely. Is it available to every believer? Absolutely. For the asking. This prayer language comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's different than the gift of tongues. There's a difference. And Todd explains all of that in his book. Uh, if you need greater explanation, if you need uh, help in explaining this to other people, this is the book for you. Or you may purchase it for someone. But some of you need some 2020 good reads. Well, right here they are. So stop by the book table. Uh, as you head out tonight, sometime in the evening, there'll be somebody there that will assist you with that. Also, I wanted to remind all of our ladies, uh, January the 17th and the 18th is the North Georgia Revival Women's Conference. You can go to ngrwomensconference.com and register. Ladies, we want to strongly encourage you to get on board with that. Don't miss that opportunity to be in a building full of women that will get a hold of the, the altar of God, and, and we will pull on him. We'll baptize that Friday night, that Saturday night, and then, of course, regular services on uh, that following Sunday. I think Pastor David Edmondson is scheduled to preach on that Sunday. But come and be with us, ladies, ngrwomensconference.com. Register for that. 
Don't miss it. Go ahead and make your plans for that. Welcome Pastor Todd as he comes. Oh, my goodness. Let's stand to our feet and get ready to receive tonight's offering if we can. And immediately afterwards, I'm going to introduce our speaker, Pastor Don Allen from the church at War Hill. 2019, that's a phenomenal year. Was it not? Was it not just remarkable? Oh, I'm telling you. 2020 will be even better. I declare that 2020 be the year of the Lord and the, and the heaviness and the glory of God will fall on every congregation here. Churches that are stuck and stagnant will encounter revival. Mm -hmm. They'll reach their communities. People will wander in, drift in because they're hurting and bleeding, and they will know that there is life at that particular church, and they will find it. There is a move among pastors where pastors are frustrated. They're struggling with the status quo. They're struggling of just getting up and preaching the word with no power. I believe in 2020, significant year, many things are going to be happening. The election is going to be happening. But I believe the church is the standard bearer for the country. And as the church goes, so goes the country. And over the last few decades, the church has not done so well. But we're, rega we're regaining our footing, if you will. We're regathering ourselves. That we're understanding that it's not about just being acute and, and having a, a spiritually climate-controlled church. But we're releasing the lion in the church again. We're releasing the lion once again inside the church. And so I believe 2020 will set the precedence for the rest of the decade. The Lord spoke to me a couple of uh, months ago. And I shared this with my congregation this morning. It made me extremely nervous. I'm still nervous. He said, Todd, I want the first fruits of all offerings that come in from the North Georgia Revival in January. He says, Todd, I want you to send it to missions and to missionaries. At first, I was excited about that, and then I got real nervous, and I said, Lord, you mean all of it? Can't we take care of our expenses first and then give what's left over to missions? He said, I didn't ask you to give me what you had left over. He says, I want it from the top. I'm going to stand in front of you tonight and say to you that 2020 here at the North Georgia Revival will be unparalleled in demonstration and move of the Spirit of God. Not only will our North Georgia local pastors be ministering and participating here, but we'll be having the likes of Rabbi Kurt Landry back again. We'll be having Michael Brown of the Brownsville School of Ministry, now the Revival School of Ministry. The flowing oil will be here with us in February, but also our local pastors, men and women of God. I literally believe it's not about who we have on this platform. I literally believe that who is behind the people that are on the platform and who will be moving in, this, uh, in our meetings is the presence of the Lord. So we said, Todd, I want you to give all of the money that comes in in January to missions. We met with our North Georgia Revival pastors uh, about three weeks ago, Pastor Don it was, and put together a plan. Four things that we're going to do in January. Number one, we're going to hold crusades and mission trips, at least three of them around the world. Number two, we're going to buy a van for a ministry in Thailand that will rescue women out of the uh, sex trafficking industry. Yes. We have already committed to do that. The contact has been made. So we've already committed for that amount of money. Number three, we're going to not only do that, but we're going to build at least two churches in the former Soviet Union, buildings from the missions that come here so pastors can meet with their congregations in a church all their own. 
And fourthly, that we're going to support 40 missionaries, if not more, depends on the monies that come in, that are from America, that are on foreign soil today, that are wondering where their next paycheck is going to come from. They're wondering if God even knows about them. They're praying. They're saying, God, I'm here. And their monthly support is dwindling. I just felt the Holy Ghost. Because anytime that you go after his children on foreign soil, God is attracted to that. So I'm a nervous as a, a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I really am. Because I'm saying, Lord, you know, it takes a lot of money every Sunday night. He said, Todd, give me everything. So the North Georgia Revival is stepping out in faith. So in January, not tonight, but in January, all the offerings coming in. He said, Todd, I want you to believe me for $100,000. I said, Lord, that's three to four months worth of offerings on Sunday night. He said, believe me. I said, Lord, I believe you. I believe it's going to be done. weeks ago we said how many people would be willing in this room tonight be willing to sow a thousand dollars in the month of January for missions not your tithes not your offerings that go to your church but a first fruit offering to believe God that I'll postpone pleasure postpone a trip postpone buying clothes but Lord I'll give a thousand dollars I just need 100 people to give $1,000, and it's done. It's just done that quick. I'm not going to ask those of you that would like to do that, but I just believe that even tonight in this very room that there would be 100 people that said, I believe God for $1,000. Everything over $100,000 goes to missionaries. We'll send a $1,000 check, $2,000 check until the money runs out. Not one dime will come to the North Georgia Revival. I believe that's kingdom. I believe that's God. I believe that's kingdom. So tonight, can we put some fat on the bones? Because we have to carry from the month of January with no offerings to support the Sunday night revival. But I'm believing that it's coming in from the north, south, east, and west. There may be churches that will step up and say, Todd, I will take one, I'll take care of one of the nights. I'll take care of the $3,500 to $4,000. I'm having a Methodist church, Matt Scott, sending a $4,000 check to say, I'll take care of one of the nights. Hallelujah. God's faithful will not be without. Glory is going to fall over this place. So let's give tonight recklessly. Would you give recklessly tonight? Now, all of the offerings this evening will go right toward the North Georgia Revival to take care of our expenses. Anything that's left over will help us in January, uh, beginning next Sunday night. Are you ready to give? Those at home can give sacrificially. You can give to the North Georgia Revival. You can send your check to 139 Hightower Parkway or give by text uh, or give by our app. So, Eshers, why don't you come forward? Welcome them as they come, would you please? Mm -hmm. desire is to see people saved and Lord to help those who have left everything to go tell the unreached peoples of the world about you 
And God, I want to do whatever I can, not to give you my spare, but do whatever it takes to meet the needs of these missionaries. Oh God, will you come and do abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think? God, you said, call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things. In the history and the chronicles of the North Georgia Revival of week number 99, week 100 will be an adventure that I believe that will go down in the portals of time, significant moments in this move of your spirit. Father, we dare not put our fingers on this move. And we dare not, Lord, try to steer it outside of your plan and your will. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that lives will be changed in that water tonight, that you will meet them, your sons and your daughters. Thank you for this offering, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the house. It's my privilege tonight uh, to be able to introduce to you a dear friend of mine that I believe that God has raised up for this moment. There are times that God will hide a man or a woman in the bush like he did Moses like he did John the Baptist in the fulfillment of times. John the Baptist comes on the scene. I believe Pastor Don Allen, his wife Christina in the church of Warhill, is one of those churches that God will begin to use in unprecedented ways in the North Georgia area. What an honor it is for us to have Pastor Don and his family, his staff, his churches here with us tonight. I really believe a general in, in the work of the Lord. I really believe that. I believe that his influence is far beyond Dawson County, as we all know. I think he is a father. I think he has the apostolic calling on his life. Bishop, pastor, phenomenal husband, a great father. I don't mean to lift him up too much because I know that uh, he's a very humble man, but I want him to know how we view him. And we give honor where honor is due. And we honor you, Pastor Don Allen. We honor you and your wife and your entire staff. And it is my distinct privilege to share this platform with you and welcome you to this platform to come and share the Word of God. Would you stand to your feet? Help me welcome Pastor Don Allen. Come on. Give God a praise tonight. Will you do that? Lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I've got to warn you. You know how when I, I come and I use them like, you know, I, you got to give it all you got. I preached four times a day or five or whatever it was that day. Well, uh, today has been a slow day. And I have only preached once. So I've got a whole lot of preach left in me tonight. Amen. And I'm looking forward to our time together. Uh, let me just, just for a moment address what Pastor Todd is, is speaking of concerning 
missions. First off, if you are a missionary, we are honored you are here. And I didn't think about it when God made the kingdom connection, but uh, go ahead, Doug and Angie, I want you to stand up for just, just a moment. Right here on the front row, a, a family God took from North Georgia to Texas to now to the world. Uh, this let me know they were going to show up here uh, just a few days ago. And they are traveling to places in Europe that I, I'm telling you, he gets on a train and rides somewhere to meet somebody that he's never even been to before. And I'm like, you're going to show up missing. But he goes there and he sends me these reports of healings and miracles. And, but if you've ever ministered in Europe, you understand. I remember the first time I ministered in Europe and, and I, was, I was like, give me an amen. Go, let's try that. Give me an amen. amen. That's what I was looking for. And in Europe, this is how they say amen. <laughs> and it's stoic. And that's, that's revival if they do that. And I was like, what in the world? But I knew that God was using this couple. When this was the report that I have received time and time again through their ministry is the concrete is stained with the tears of the church in Europe as they're flooding the altars. God's doing something in Europe, amen. Let them know how thankful we are for them tonight. Thank you guys, we're honored you're here. Are there any other home uh, missionaries grown that are now being somewhere used around the world? I can't introduce everybody, but if, if you're here and you go forward, can I see your hand if you're going somewhere else in the world? Anybody else? They're all in the world. There's some right over here. Stand up if you would right over there. Come on, let's celebrate those that are here tonight. Thank you. Come on, celebrate them. We're talking about choice servants of the Most High God. Amen. All right. Well, when Pastor Todd asked me to preach tonight, I am so thankful for the opportunity to get to minister anytime we can here. But I, I did not know it was week 99. And so when week 99, when it became clear it was going to be week 99, it just jumped in my spirit. Because several years ago when we were starting our church, I had to go and take a job and doing something I didn't want to do. And I was serving in a way I didn't want to serve. And I was going through some things I didn't want to go through. And here's what I discovered was that uh, my name wasn't important in that job. I had one thing to do, and they didn't even want to know my name. The only thing they wanted to know was if 99 had reported for duty. That was my number. Number 99, that's how I told them, number 99 has clocked in and has reported for duty. They did not care about me at all. All they cared about was whether or not I was serving the way I was supposed to be serving. So this is the way I thought it opened tonight. Number 99 is here reporting for duty tonight, and I want to bring you a message. I want to bring you a, a word from the Lord. You see, sometimes when I come to God's house, and sometimes when I get to these type of places, God uh, gives me something to uh, begin a service with. And as he does, as God gives me a minute to begin a service, I, I kind of have to think through what God's doing. And right now, I think God's faithful. Isn't he good? 
Isn't he faithful? Amen. Why don't we just give him another praise break right fast? Amen. Come on, give him a mighty praise break in this place. You can do better than that. Why don't we just take a moment and, and, and create an atmosphere and create an environment of a praise break in this place. Because, because let me tell you, we might have showed up for duty, but somebody else is already in the house. He's, he's been on duty 24 hours a day. God is so faithful and so good and so awesome. Amen. Well, as, as I'm sharing with you tonight, I kept thinking about all that God has done. And I want you to know that some of you, you need to realize God's up to something. You're saying this next year is going to be something amazing for you. Well, we are starting this year about missions. And as we're starting this year about missions, I know what some of you are doing. You're, you're thinking you can't do anything with what you have in your hands. I'll never forget some years ago, I was uh, uh, going on a mission trip and someone came to me and they, they said to me, uh, they said, Pastor, uh, God has told me to, for, to buy a cow to go with you on the trip. I said, God has told you to buy a cow to go with me on the trip. And they said, well, I mean, when you get there, there I'm going to buy a cow, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give that cow away. And I said, are you sure you heard from the Lord? And we're going to, yes, we're going to give away a cow. And I said, okay, it's from God. I'll give away a cow. So I get down there, and I'm talking to the team, and I said to them, I said, guys, I never have had this opportunity before, but I, I need to find somebody who wants a cow. Somebody said, Pastor, you're going to preach about food tonight. It's just not cooked yet. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> but uh, uh, a cow? And they said, they said, oh, Pastor, that's, that's awesome. I said, good, because I've got to give away a cow. And I said, who are we going to give it to? And they said, we know exactly who to give it to. I'm thinking, well, I'm glad you do. They said, let me tell you a story. Said our pastor in that little town, Entrada de Copan, Honduras, had been up in the mountains preaching. And he gave away all the food that he had. And he gave away all the money he had. And he's trying to get back down to the city. And he hasn't eaten in days. And he stops in a little town. And he stopped in this town and he began to just love on people. And this man said, you must come to my house for dinner. And he said, well, of course, thank God you've supplied. And when he gets there, the man pulls out a small handful of beans. And that's all they have to feed a whole family. And he prepared those beans and served them to the servant of God. He said, I could barely eat them knowing that this was the family's meal. But there was something happening. So the man was insistent and he, he, he took those and, and, and he said, Pastor, can we take the cow up the mountain? I said, now we've not only bought a cow, we're going to drag it up a mountain. He said, can we take it up the mountain? I said, yes, we'll take it up the mountain. So we went up the mountain and when they were able to buy the cow, not only did they buy one cow, but they bought a cow with a calf, a nursing calf. So we go up a mountain with a cow and a nursing calf. We get to the top of the mountain 
And as we get to the top of the mountain, we set up the, the projector, we show the Jesus film, we preach the gospel. In this little town of about 75 people, I don't know how, but about 1,500 people came out of the, out of the woods and they, they, they flocked the place. And as we finished, we, we said to them, we said, look, we must do something before we go. And we called this man by name. And he was so afraid of the massive amount of people that were there in his little community. He was so afraid that he had committed some kind of a crime or something. Somebody was looking for him because there's this, this, this chunky gringo on the stage calling his name. And all of a sudden, he comes, uh, they almost have to drag him up to the front. And they're bringing him up to the front. And we said, do you remember when you took from your little and you gave it into the service of the Lord? And the man said, Humbly, yes, yes, I did. We said, well, the Lord has spoken. And now, in return for what you sowed, we would like to present to you what God spoke to somebody in another country about and told to, uh, for us to bring to you, we'd like to give you a cow and a calf. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but that man took that cow and that calf, started selling that milk, bought a whole bunch more cows and calves, and ended up with a dairy that not only fed his family, but fed other families and was blessed beyond measure because he took the little and God made it much. And so tonight I want to talk to you about how are you going to shift the areas of your life so that little can become much. I remember several years ago, or about 25 years ago almost now, 1995, I, I was sitting in our church and God had opened my heart to missions and our church was small and I said, Lord, I don't know, I don't know what we can do and, and something hit my spirit and this is the words that I declared. I said, I don't know what we can do, but we will be the mouse that roars. We will be the mouse that roars. And we started sowing into missions every way that we could. And somebody said, Pastor Don, you're just up here tonight talking about an offering. No, the offering's been taken. Get the word. I said, God, I want to just be the mouse that roars. If that's all that we can do, then that's what we're going to do. And we started sowing. And I began to realize something, that as we would have it come into our hands, we'd put it back into his hands before long. God said, you've been the mouse that roars. And now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 214 countries, territories, islands, and all 50 states, we're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because when you're faithful where you are, God wants to do something greater. But you've got to make up your mind what's going to shift. Now listen to me carefully. And I've got a sermon I want to get to, but we'll see if we ever get there. I want to speak to you just for a moment about this changing of the year. Now I'm always reluctant, and I appreciate what everybody said tonight about the changing of the year, and I respect that 100%, and you should listen to everything they have to say. But I'm always reluctant about preaching on the changing of the year because I'm kind of like... Is it really the change of the year? Does God really operate on the Gregorian calendar? I'm not saying he doesn't. Some of you just went, oh, we're ready. T tell me what's different. No, I'm not being divisive. I'm just saying, does he operate on the Gregorian calendar? Does he operate on the Hebraic calendar? According to that, it's 5,778. A little younger at 2020, don't you? Come on now, Amen. But by operating on a different calendar, and which started back in the fall, I used to have a friend that would always send me, uh, uh, or he sends me every year this fruit, uh, 
Pastor Todd and I share this friend. This guy sends me this fruit every year, and, and I get this fruit, and it always comes in October, and I'm, I'm like, uh, wow, thanks for the early Christmas gift. And then it hit me, he's Jewish. He's sending it on their holiday. You see, I think sometimes we get in our mind that everything operates on the same calendars that we operate on, and I've realized something, that God really doesn't operate necessarily on the same calendars, even though he works in seasons, and the seasons are marked by our time changes. And as he works in the seasons that are marked by our time changes, I think we'll begin to understand that God wants us to make certain decisions in certain seasons that will help us to reap a harvest in other seasons. God's wanting to do something in the season you're in now that's going to change who you are. As a matter of fact, somebody is going to get into the water that's been prepared in another season that's going to change who you are for the next season tonight. But seasons have a way. And they don't necessarily go according to years, but, but we measure them by time. I thought it was, it was 43 years ago that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. About 39 years ago since I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my prayer language. He's been talking to me ever since. It was many, probably about 37 years ago that I began to preach this gospel. It was 30 years ago this month that I looked at that little red-headed lady right there got up the nerve and said, just like that, I love you. And thank God she didn't run away. 30 years ago, 29 years ago this February, I stepped out and started a little church. I had no clue what God had in store. Thought about all that God has done and how time can become marked, not by a year, but time can become marked by what happens in the seasons of our lives. I, I, I thought about what we're marking it even here tonight, that 99 weeks ago, the presence of the Holy Spirit walked into this place and our community will never be the same because we're judging it by a season that we entered into. A year and a half ago, God connected me, Pastor Todd again, the walls fell and revival burst further. Five months ago, I thought I was preaching for you and I preached myself all the way into that water and I was baptized and I've never been the same since. You see, there's a season that we're preparing for. And I don't think we understand how to prepare for those seasons. But tonight, just briefly, bow your head with me if you would and I want to, I want to ask God to open his word to us. Father, I thank you for your presence, and I thank you for your spirit. God, I ask you that tonight, in the name of Jesus, you will open your word, you will speak clearly to us, and God, we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's sometimes when I come into this place, I, 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 I want to be a teacher. There's other times when I come, I, I, I feel more like a warrior. Uh, there, there, there's times I feel like an evangelist. Tonight, I, I, this is really what I feel like. I want to have something just kind of hiding under it because I feel like I have a word. That's not something natural. I think it's something that God has been pouring into my heart and, and, and I want to talk with you about it and some of you immediately know some of the passages I'm going to go but what was you seeing in my hand right here tonight. But I, I want to just briefly go to 2 Kings chapter 13. As we, we go there, I'm going to read this really quickly and then I want to take you down to Numbers 3 and that's where I want you to end up in Numbers chapter 3. But 2 Kings chapter 13, verse number 18 says this. Then he said, 
Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times, okay? Picks them up, strikes it three times. Now I have preached with these arrows and arrows like these all over the world, a message that, that really uh, is completely different than what I want to share with you tonight. Because there's something wrong with the way that he responds. But the man of God was, so excuse me, he tells him to strike the ground, so he picks it up, he strikes the ground three times, but the man of God was angry with him. He says, you should have struck the ground five or six times. And I always get kind of confused because I'm like, you told him to strike the ground, he struck the ground, but, but you're like, you didn't strike it right. You didn't really tell him how to strike the ground. He said, but if you had struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed, then you would have beaten Aram until then. And now, because you didn't do this, now this is where you're going to be. This is what you could have had, but instead, this is now what you're going to get. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now, instead, you will be victorious only three times. Now, as I preached this message, and many of you pastors and leaders have preached this message, I preached it about the, 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 the way that he placated God. Is that good enough? And that's a good message. I preached it about being intense in our worship, intense in our pursuit, and there's a good message there. But God began to speak to me this time about this simple truth of striking the ground with the arrows in a way that I'd never seen before. He said, son, what did I tell him to hit? Simple question, what did I tell him to strike? Ground. I told him to strike or attack the ground. Take a moment and attack the ground on which you're standing. He said, look, attack the ground where you're standing and the way that he attacked the ground where he was standing determined the harvest from which he was able to have a victory. And God began to speak into my heart about this for just a few moments. As he began to pour this into my heart, speak into my life, I realized something, that yes, there's a powerful message and intensity here, but there's a powerful truth about how to shape new seasons of your life, new years of your life that we need to understand. We're thinking, I want to passionately pursue God, and we do need to passionately pursue God. But there's a truth in what he says to attack. Because every time that God wants to do something significant in their lives, he always begins with something like this. Break up the fallow ground. Till the ground of your life. Turn over the areas that you've grown comfortable in. Turn over the areas that you, that you have begun to learn to live in. And he says, look, if you want to get somewhere different than you are right now, if you want next year to be different than this past year was, then you're going to have to make up your mind to attack the ground on which you stand. And when you make up your mind that I'm not staying where I am anymore, I'm not going to walk in the valley of defeat that I've walked in anymore because most of us, we, you see, I mean, it's sort of like this. You, you, you know, you have that favorite place that you go and sit and your feet rub a place there or even my favorite prayer area there. It's begin to have a, a worn area. I felt like I'd achieved something when the carpet in front of my prayer chair, you can tell. But the problem is we get too comfortable in the same spots. 
We get too comfortable doing the same things, singing the same songs, shouting the same way. We can even get too comfortable in revival sometimes because we know what's about to happen when we open the pools. But God has sent me with a message to tell you tonight. If you want something that goes to a greater level, you can't allow yourself to get too comfortable where you are. You've got to allow God to continue to tear down and destroy everything that you're building on so that he can build what he wants to build. Because we get an image that sometimes doesn't match up with his image. He told them to rebuild the temple. When he told them to rebuild the temple, the old men wept because they said it doesn't compare to what, what it used to look like. But I cannot tell you something. I really believe that what we have experienced of God, God wants us to start weeping over because we have only tasted and seen that the Lord is good. He's wanting to pour out his spirit so that every room, every parking space, every church in these areas are full of the miracles and signs and wonders. Why? Because Not because God chose us, but because somebody attacked the ground that we stood on and said, church as it was, can happen no more. But you've got to make up your mind where you're going to live. Now, Numbers chapter 3 is probably one of the most interesting passages of Scripture in the Bible. Here's how it reads. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Now, behold, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel. Notice this. Instead, now help me with that word. What was it? Instead. I have chosen the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, there I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel. Both man and beast, they shall be mine. I am the Lord. God says, wait a minute. Stop for just a moment. He says, I chose the firstborn. But now, instead. What? Maybe I need to get a little louder, a little faster tonight. I'm trying to teach you something. Help me with this. But now... Instead, I will take you, the Levites, because I chose the firstborn, but you have now done something that literally has changed the will of God. Interesting. Now, we preach about the permissive will of God, the perfect will of God, but we miss a great truth that is supported by Scripture. Many of us, are living in a place of instead. Now, instead is an adverb that means in place of something. That we live in a place that is not where we're called to, but it's where we are learned to live. It's the ground we've grown comfortable on. It's the ground we've learned to be, be pleased with. Am I making sense to anybody? It's the ground that we've learned to be pleased with, and we know that God has something more for us, but you know what? I've lived here long enough. I'm comfortable here. I know where to walk. I know where the light switch is. I know how to walk around in the middle of the dark. In the middle of the night, I don't have to find my way to the bathroom because I've lived here long enough. I know where everything is. I know where everything that I need is. But now, instead, I need a change. 
I need something to occur in my life. So we could say it very simply that God had planned something, but God himself says, I had planned this, this was my will, but now I will do this instead. God says that he had planned on claiming every firstborn Israelite child as his, but now instead he's going to take the Levites. Now this stuck in my spirit, why? Because I realized that God had planned to do something, but somebody had gotten a hold of something who said, God, I want to so pursue you, I want to so please you that it will change my instead. So I wanted to know, and I mean, that's just the way I am, if there's something that can change the master plan, something had to shift the will of God. And if something had to shift the will of God, and I believe that God wants to shift an atmosphere, not only in this place, but in all of our lives in the upcoming season that is ahead of us. You see, then we find the answer for what made God change his mind in Exodus 32 and 29. Then Moses told the Levites, today, you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, watch this now, even though it meant attacking the ground, watch this, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. I'm gonna equate that to attacking the ground. Today, you have changed the will of God because you so obeyed him that you were willing to change even the relationship with your sons and your brothers. Interesting. Because today you have earned a blessing. Now this verse is referring to the day that Moses came down off the mountain. All the Israelites are sinning, including the Levites. I think that's important to notice. Everybody's involved in sin. But when the man of God came down the mountain, in a fit of rage, he's, he's coming down the mountain and, he, and, he, and he's, he's upset at the moment. And we understand he, he throws down and breaks the tablets. But at this moment, when he comes down the mountain, he gives out a call and he calls for those who are willing to turn away from their sins. He said, who will turn away from their sins and come stand with the Lord? And when the man of God takes his position, and he says, who will come stand with God? Only the Levites ran over. I think you need to notice this one more time. They, the Levites, were involved in the sin. They were struggling. Judgment was coming upon them. They had changed God's purposes for their lives because of the sin that they were willfully entering into. But when somebody received a word from the Lord, when somebody dared to challenge them about their sin, when somebody was willing to stand up and make a declaration, this is not pleasing to God. Who will come over to the side of the Lord? When they heard the call, 
when he came forth to come to the side of the Lord, this verse tells us that they were willing to obey God even if it cost them, watch this, their sons and their brothers. They were willing to obey God. Now, I had to think about that for a moment. If they were willing to obey God, even if they had to kill their sons or their brothers, even if they had to attack the ground from which they found comfort, and I began to understand something there. You see, your sons are your future, and your brothers are your support. Now look, my brothers and I, we have the right to fight with each other all we want. Matter of fact, my older brother, it was his joy in life to remind me that he could whip me every day if he wanted to. He would come home from school and just beat me. And I was like, what did I do? And he was like, better be quiet. My mom would look at me sometimes after he got through beating me. She said right there, she'd say to me, if you'd stop running your mouth, he would have left you alone in the first place. Come on, amen. But he would come home. But I'll never forget the day I was on the school bus and somebody else didn't like the way I was running my mouth. My big brother got up. And my big brother said, wait a minute. I will beat him all day long. But you better not touch him. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And my big brother had to touch him. But I guarantee you, he never bothered me again because my brother was my support. My brothers are my support. My children are my future. Now, what does this have to do with attack the ground that we live on? You see, we have built up what we think we need for our support and our future. And God's calling out to us and saying to us, I want to pour out a move of my spirit upon you. But you cannot find it in the safe confines of what you've built for yourself. You cannot find it in what you think will support you and what you think you need in church. What you need is somebody to deal with where you are and what you're living in and call you to, for righteousness and call you over to the side of the Lord. And even though you might not like what somebody says about your sin instead of sitting there and going well brother let me tell you what he said about me and getting support from your brothers instead you stand up and you make your decision you know what the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord and I'm going to make my decision I might have lived here but now instead I'm going to start living over there and I'm going to move over to the side of the Lord and when I move over to the side of the Lord instead of focusing on my own future and my own support, I realized something, that radical faith not only spared their lives, but it also brought them to a place of blessing. Listen, their aligning with the Lord over sin had literally caused a shift in the plan of God. Now, many of you have a hard time believing that. Well, it's God's will. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, I get so upset when, Somebody goes through something and, and say somebody passes away and they go, well, it's God's will. Don't you know the word? The word said it's not God's will that any should perish, but all have everlasting life. 
Don't you try to put what the enemy did upon the face of the living God. I mean, you got to begin to understand the truth of who God is. you got to begin to walk in what God has called you to walk in. But listen to me very, very carefully. Many of us feel like, well, it's just God's will. And, and, and you go, but Pastor Don, you know what? I can't radically move to a better place of blessing because you don't understand what I've done in my life. Some of you won't understand what I'm about to say, but you don't understand how much paper I have. Some of you are like, I don't know what that means. Some of you know exactly what it means because you've been in jail. And you're on probation. And you've got a record. I said, I said that in one church. I said, I said, you know, no matter how much paper you have, half the church come up on their feet and went, Woo! I said, glory to God. See, no matter what you're going through, many of us have been living in the place of instead, but it's been the opposite direction. People will come up to me and say, I used to have a call of God on my life, but I, I got a divorce. Now instead, this is what I do. Oh! I used, to, I used to lay hands on the sick and see him recover, and, and then I fell back into my sin, and now this is how far I go instead. I mean, I used to have, think God wanted to use me, but then I, I, I can't beat what I've been dealing with for far too long. Don't you understand what I'm trying to preach to you about tonight? You see, most of us live in the valley or the ghetto of instead. Instead, we've been called to live in the place of blessing, but we're busy over here going, I blew it. I changed God's will. And some preacher shows up and says, you can get to a better place, but instead of trusting God, instead of believing God, we sit back here and go, Oh, oh no, you don't understand. Instead, this is what I have to be satisfied with. Can I tell you what God sent me to tell you tonight? If you will get tired of what you build up around you, your excuses and your shame and your problems and your struggles and start attacking the ground that is around you and say, I don't need the support of that shame anymore. I don't... I don't need all the battles and the struggles that it's been pulling me down. And I am tired, sick and tired of the devil reminding me every week who I am in my failures. I am going to make up my mind. I hear the call of the Lord, and I am tired of standing here anymore. I shall go over to the place of God. I don't care what I have to leave behind. I don't care what I've earned and what I haven't earned. I'm getting to Jesus. And I tell you, then the Lord says, instead, you were lost, but now instead you're found. You were blind, but now instead you can see. Your church was dying, but God got a hold of some people who declared, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not satisfied anymore. I don't care. I'm not holding on to anything anymore. I'm going over to the side of the Lord. And 99 weeks later, we're all basking in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there's an instead. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise tonight?
And see, some of you are living in a place of instead that you become crippled physically or emotionally in an accident and you think God can't use you. I'm here to tell you there's a new instead. Some of you have made some kind of major mistake of judgment and it ended up in a situation that left you unable to fulfill your dreams for your life. Thanks be to God. Let me say that again. Thanks be to God because watch this. Your dreams were built on what you could fund and what you could support. Right, is this making sense tonight? Your dreams were built on everything that you thought, well, I, you know what, I was born with, with this. I, I may not be able to get much further than this. Can I just tell you tonight, and, and I, my mom and I, we've talked about this one many, many times. We are, I am the descendant of sharecroppers, Native American sharecroppers who crawled into a bottle for generations and could not get out. I'm not supposed to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ up here to you tonight. I'm supposed to be hiding in a bottle somewhere in a program trying to figure out how to get out of jail or something like that. Why? Because that's what was given to me in the support structure of my heritage. But thanks be to God that a man and a woman, a young couple at Fort Benning, Georgia, looked at each other and said, you know what? That might have been the families we came out of, but we're going to go to God's house and we're going to serve God and my family shall serve the Lord. And now instead, something better has come. Amen. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with me and me being here tonight? <laughs> Some of you need to hear me. Come on over to the side of the Lord. Pastor Don, I can't, I can't get in the water. I'll mess up my hair. <laughs> my dear brother's here from out of town. I love him so much. I sat him beside him. He rubbed me on the top of the head. And for half a second, I thought, Lord, he's messed up my hair. <laughs> then I realized there's nothing up there to mess up. <laughs> Can I tell you, the look you think you've given is not the one everybody sees. You think, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. You think you've got your act together, but the reality is everybody can see that what you need is a touch from the Holy Ghost. What you need is to come into a new place. You need to attack the ground because you might think you look perfect, but the reality is you are dirty on the inside. You're living in sin. Am I, is this truth what I'm preaching tonight? You're living somewhere God didn't intend. Well, I came to the revival to get blessed and that man got up there and told me I'm a sinner. Can I not Get it through your head that you will live in the place of sin until you run to the side of the Lord and discover a new instead because you make up your mind. That's not who I am anymore. And I don't care what I have to do. I hate that I get off track. But can I, can I just drop something? Well, just dropped inside of my spirit out there. You know what? If you're worried about messing up your hair, just be glad you have some. Pray for the rest of you later. <laughs> Some of you feel like your fear has held you back from the call of God on your life. Getting ready to close. You see, you can see how when you make bad choices, they alter the course of your life. And some of you are like, this is the permissible will of God. No, it's the sin and the price of sin that holds you bound. How dare you look at your, your spouse and go, well, that's just the permissible will of God. 
You ought to look at them and say, thanks be to God, I got a spouse. How, how dare you look at the opportunity before you and say, well, I just have to learn to live here. No, why don't you look at the opportunity before you and say, if I'm faithful over little, I shall be given much. I'll honor God where I am, and God has a new day in store for me. I'm not here because of anything special. came in the building tonight for prayer and I came up front I'm just going to sit down and just try to get a moment and just talk to the Father I didn't know if it was the Holy Ghost or the enemy something said to me you don't deserve to be up front so I got up and I walked back to that back corner and I stuck my face in that corner and I just began to seek him back there in that corner. Because I didn't deserve to be up front. I am a failed man. I struggle and I I have things that I have to make choices just like you have to make. Then he came to me. Came to me. I went all the way back in time. I remember I was sitting in a room full of pastors and this one pastor got up and and he was speaking just out of his pain but he, he was like he said I don't understand it he said why is God blessing Pastor Todd I, I remember it was a group of pastors all together why is God blessing that man the way he's blessing I was sitting there just listening I, I was, it was probably 25 pastors in the room he said why is God blessing him then he made a statement Here's the statement made that we've known that we haven't always been close. It caused me to rise up for protection. The man said, He can't even preach like I can preach. Why is God blessing me? I looked at him, I said, That's why. Because you think you deserve it. You think you, you will never have revival if you think you deserve it. I have come with a message to broken, hurting people who never will deserve a move of God. You can't pray long enough. You can't dance high enough. You can't shout loud enough. You will never deserve a move of God. The only reason we are here is because we are answering a call, a call that says that the Lord is here. Who will stand with the Lord? Who will pursue? Who who will come? Who will come to the waters? Who will come to the worship? Who will seek the face of God? And when you come, instead, I now choose you. I choose you. Somebody else will say, don't you know what they did? And you're going to go, oh, yes, I know what they did. But I know what he did. And because of what he did, there's a new day, a new opportunity, a new moment, a new beginning. I don't know why I feel that to finish this story. Then six, eight months. That pastor was no longer in ministry. 20-something years later, he's not in ministry. Because he was too busy qualifying himself. You will never get where God wants you to go. Stand with me.
I'll preach all night. Stand with me quickly. You will never get where God wants you to go if you qualify yourself. You will either qualify yourself into the wrong instead and you will keep yourself from the right instead. You will never earn the move of God. Pastor Don, this was just one example. No, the Bible tells us that, that Hezekiah was deemed to die, but instead when he called on the name of the Lord that God rewrote his life plan. Instead. Hebrews 11 tells us that Moses was given a moment. In this moment of time, he was raised up in the palace. But the Bible says that he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. And yet we know his name today because he chose the instead. He kept looking not to be the Messiah, but to find the Messiah. I am not your answer, and you are not your answer. But this message is simple. Who will attack the ground on which you stand? Say, I have stood here long enough. I'm tired, and I'm weary. Maybe you're addicted. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're on the point of having an affair. That's right, I'm, called, I'm talking to you. God's calling you out. Maybe you're judging other people. I remember one time a church was blessed. And I remember crossing my arms and saying, well, they don't deserve that. I needed that more. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, so that's why you didn't get it. So, you know what I started doing? I started going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I was doing? I was attacking the ground. I was standing. I was turning it up. I was turning it up. I began to attack the ground with worship. I said, thank you, Lord, for how you blessed them. Thank you, Lord, for how you blessed them. Thank you, Lord. And I tell you, it was two weeks almost of the day. I was in Haiti preaching in a place called Varence or Burrell, Haiti. And a phone call comes in. And the phone call was Pastor Gwen. And she said, Pastor, I, I need to tell you that somebody has walked in and given the exact same amount of money. She quoted out the same amount of money that I had been mad over. She quoted it out and said, now they brought it to our church church and giving us the same amount of money. Why? Because, watch this now, because we decided instead of getting bitter, we would give God praise and break up the ground. And when you till up the ground, God can do good things. And you can look at everybody around you and say, well, they didn't have to go through a divorce and nobody molested them and nobody hurt them and, and their, their world didn't fall apart. And they didn't lose everything. Stop! Hear my call. I may not be many things, but this moment I have the word of the Lord who will come to the sight of the Lord. Who will leave their sin behind? Who will stop living in a place of defeat? Come over to the side of the Lord. It's that simple. It's that simple. This is not the moment for baptism. In a moment, I'm going to call those who are ready to walk into that instead in their life. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I hear God calling to me.
I've lived somewhere I shouldn't have lived. I've been supported by something I has, it has controlled me instead of me controlling it. I, I've been protecting something that I shouldn't be protecting. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? Listen, if that's you, you're ready to answer the call of the Lord. Come over to the side of the road. I feel the Holy Spirit. Do not miss this moment. There, are, there were 11 other groups that could have come, but they did not come. There are hundreds of others who could come. Will you come? If you're tired and you're ready for God to do something in your life, will you come? Will you answer the call right now? Right where you are, Pastor Don, we're here. Would you begin to come? They're beginning to come all around this room. Quickly, would you come? We're answering the call to the Lord. We're coming over to the side of the Lord. We're coming over to the side of the Lord. We're coming over to the side of the Lord. We're coming over. Come on, come on. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I'm saved. I didn't say whether you were saved or not. I said, if you're living in the wrong place, get out of the wrong place and come over to the side of the Lord. Come over to the side of the Lord. Come over to his ways and learn to walk in the instead. My goodness, I'll tell you what just dropped in my spirit, Pastor Todd. Pastor Garrett. Just like my mom and dad made a decision and I honor her for being here with me tonight. It's changed my life. Somebody's about to make a decision that's going to change lives of the third and fourth generation of your family. This is it. It's going to fall. It's going to break. Quickly, where are you? Pastor Donnie's altar is full. No, no, no. Where are you? God's speaking to you. Where are they? Come on, quickly, 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 quickly. God's speaking to you. Holy Ghost of the living God. I make zero excuses for this sermon tonight. He is 100% at fault. I have tried to fight four other sermons I wanted to preach instead. Pastor Todd got up and, and literally said, release the line. I wanted to preach, release the line. I was like, that's a sign from God. But no, we have to bring people back soon. Just call into somebody, fourth generation. Somebody, you're sowing into your future right now. Is there anybody else? There are people all over this altar. Pastor Don, are you not happy? I will be happy when I feel the release of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now. This world needs another bonky. It needs another one who will rise up. That bonky has gone to glory. It needs another bonky. As he's died and moved on to heaven, we need another great voice of revival, but you cannot get there from the wrong side of instead. I sense something supernatural in this place. There's an anointing in this house. Holy Ghost of the living God. There's an anointing. get behind these. Touch as many as you can. I'm about to pray over them. I want everybody, while these are in the altar, they're beginning to pray over them. I want you all to bow your heads right where you are. I don't know how many in this altar are here for ministry. I don't know how many are here for deliverance. I don't know how many are here to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. And I don't know how many are watching ready to give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. But this is your moment. This is your time. This is where we are. This is it. This is your moment. All the workers quickly pray. Quickly. God's moving. God's doing something. God's doing something. If you're
you're in this altar or you're in this house and you say, Pastor Don, tonight's the night. This is it. I'm answering the call of the Lord. I've run from him long enough. I'm going to give my heart and life to Jesus Christ right here, right now. This is it. That's you with everybody praying. You don't, God does not need your help. Things are happening in this altar. This is between you, them and God. And right now, there's going to be a radical change. But if that's you, can I see your hand? You said, tonight's the night you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Hold it up as high as you can and wave it at me because there's hands worshiping. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Thank you. Are there others that will join with these tonight? Because I'm about to pray for these. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others tonight? This is it. This is your moment. This is your time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My goodness, he's about to meet you right where you are. You're coming into a new day. You're attacking the ground that you built your life on. And you're coming to a new ground at a place called Calvary. All right, I'm going to pray with those many who said tonight, tonight they want to give their life to Jesus Christ. As I do that, quickly in this place, well, I feel the Holy Spirit of the living God. I want everybody that will to pray with me, but I don't want the people in this altar, the altar workers, to stop what they're doing. I want, I literally want you praying, laying hands on them in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. But as we pray right now, collectively, lift your voices with me. We're going to pray with these. The Bible says that we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. We would be born again, and you're moving over to a new side. A new side. You're coming over to God's side right now. And I feel, an, oh, I feel a roar coming up in this house. I feel a move of God coming up in this house right now. Come Come on, let's lift our voices and call on the name of the Lord for these with them. You call on the Lord, you shall be saved. If you're watching, you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Jesus, by faith, I receive your grace. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, now I surrender my entire life to you, Heavenly Father, from this moment forward, I declare Jesus is my Lord. I believe he came for me, he died for me, and he lives forevermore. And by faith, come on, help me now, by faith, I declare God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you. And now we rejoice with these. Come on, let's rejoice with these many tonight. Hallelujah. All right, listen. Don't you leave this altar until you're ready, until you know you've had a breakthrough. And if that's you, if you're in this altar for prayer time now, I want you to, I literally want you to just look, I want you to move to my left. Can you move to my left? I'm asking you by faith, God's going to be on the left also. Move to my left if you're here for, for altar ministry time. Move to my left. They're going to leave a little bit of an opening right there for people to be able to come back down. Now listen, God's going to meet somebody in the water tonight as you're stepping into your instead. You're coming to a new place. God, how many of you are ready to get baptized tonight? Anybody ready to get baptized tonight? All right. What you're going to do is you're going to come right up these stairs right here, and then you're going to come around, and then they're going to give you a number 
a letter and a piece of paper. You're going to go back to your seat and you're going to keep the atmosphere of worship. And when you do that, I'm telling you, God's going to show up in this place. People are going to receive ministry down there. You're going to create the right atmosphere and God is going to meet you in the, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm declaring there shall be healing. There shall be deliverance. Somebody's coming into the instead. Give God one more praise as they begin to come for baptism now. Let them come right up this side, right through here. change your future it's going to change your now and your future i want you to come 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 right now if you came and you were not prepared to be baptized we've got 200 sets of scrubs for you we're prepared for you we've got underwear we've got all of that clothes for you all of your clothes will remain dry there'll be a short wait we've got two pools Make sure that you don't miss your opportunity to strike the ground tonight. Make sure your opportunity is taken this evening. You've come too far. Some of you have been addicted to drugs too long. You're sick in your body too long. You're away from God too long. Tonight is the night. Right now, come, come, come right now, right now. Right now, we'll wait on you tonight. We're here. We're here as long as it takes. Whole families come. Whole families come. Dads, lead your family to encounter the Lord. Fire in that water will change you. Make you a new person. Glory to God. Glory to God. He is here. He is here. It'll be worth the wait. It'll be worth the wait. Every leader, every pastor, oh, pray, seek the Lord. Come, be a part of what God's doing. My Lord, my goodness, He is here. Keep coming, come on, we've got time. Church of War Hill will be in the swimming pool tonight. Pastor Marty will be in the, the baptismal waters over to my left. Come, come, come travel too far. You've come too great of a distance not to. What a way to begin the new year, washed and cleansed. Oh, come. 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 He is here. He is here. Oh, he is here. Glory to God. Make sure you're here next Sunday night as well. Week number 100, week number 100, week number 100 next Sunday.
you're struggling, you're wrestling with it, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. 